is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Dallas selects Emmett Smith, running back from Florida. And now your hosts, David Hellman, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, and Kyle Yeomans. We are five weeks, 35 days, supposedly, until the NFL draft, which was originally going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. I can't even say that anymore because things change over the course of the last couple of weeks. And now we uh, now we look forward to the draft still during the same dates, but it might look a lot more uh, condensed, to say the least, because of the coronavirus and things going on and that are out of the NFL's control. But we are still excited to give you some... Hot draft takes here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, David Hellman, and myself, Kyle Yeomans. Guys, it's been a crazy week, not only because of outside factors, but also just overall with the the moves and the shaking and the free agency kind of switches up the way that you think about this draft a little bit, doesn't it? Well, free agency hasn't started yet. You know, oh, it hasn't? So um, I'm watching Gerald McCoy tape right now while we record the draft show. That's good. Just in case the Cowboys think about signing him at some point. That would be huge. Yeah, just to see what it would look like if maybe you added a player, which, of course, they have not. But Yeah, actually, free agency opens today, yeah. does it not? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean... I mean, we all know that's, we know what, Dave. that's it's BS. The legal tampering window oh. opened on Monday morning. Monday negotiating period. Legal tampering. Negotiating period. Mm. Tampering is illegal, but but it's <laughs> no, it's though. legal tampering. Like, and that's really kind of a oxymoron. The, it's an oxymoron. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. One hundred percent an oxymoron. But like Dave said, today is the official start of free agency. Four o'clock Eastern time. Three o'clock Central is whenever that window opens. So. You're over there looking at Gerald McCoy. Apparently, he agreed to terms reportedly with the Dallas Cowboys. What do you What are you seeing over there, Jeff? Well, I see a guy that unfortunately is playing a lot of defensive end in a three man front, which is probably not fun for him because I know that he can play the three technique. Uh, he was really good at the three technique for a while in Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. Now I would say, in theory, okay. In theory, if Malik Collins were to sign somewhere else, like maybe with the Las Vegas Raiders, yeah, them or wherever, yeah, wherever. And in theory, if Gerald McCoy signed with the Cowboys, I would say even if Malik Collins is making more money, I think Gerald McCoy is a slightly better player today. It's just the difference of signing a, what is Malik, 26? The difference of yeah. a 26-year-old and a 32-year-old? Yeah. One of you gets paid a lot because they expect you to keep getting better, and one of you, they're like, please don't get worse! Uh, so the guy who you're hoping please don't get worse, I think will be a slight upgrade over Which, uh, Malik Collins. You're talking about a 32-year-old who at one point was... Dominant? Well, I was arguably the best D-tackle in the league. I mean, Gerald McCoy's peak was before Aaron Donald showed up, mm-hmm. but... Even, you know, 70% of what Gerald McCoy was sounds great to me uh, for a team that, and like this is what we've been talking about for two months, is you know that they're going to address things in free agency, you know they're going to lose players in free agency, you know, like, theoretically, you know, we thought Robert Quinn had a good chance to come back, but maybe he signs a deal that's worth twice as much as, as what people expected, and maybe he goes somewhere like Chicago, so... Uh, this week is going to, and next week as well for that matter, but it's really going to shape out what we know about this roster because we're, we were borderline clueless coming into the week and now we're only starting to put it together. Well, and there's so many other moves that are maybe going to happen in terms of, uh, Amari Cooper, he's returning or supposedly returning. Byron Jones is, uh, agreed to terms to a five year, $82.5 million deal with the Dolphins. You talked about Quinn. Randall Cobb has moved on. We'll talk about some replacements for Randall Cobb coming up in the third segment, but you also have, a couple signees. We talk about McCoy. You talk about Blake Jarwin. He has officially signed or re-signed an extension. Uh, and then Jason Witten has agreed to terms to go to the Las Vegas Raiders at this moment. But 
Where does that leave the draft for the Cowboys? Because there has been a lot of shifting, a lot of shaking, and McCoy's not the number one answer in terms of the defensive line. You're going to have to to find some production to replace a guy like Robert Quinn, to uh, just basically put bodies up there. You talk about Malik Collins, who's already gone. You you might have that replacement with McCoy in that specific standpoint. But where does this leave the draft strategy for the Cowboys? Well, your need at cornerback is still there and Huge. glaring. Um, to me, your, your need on the defensive line is still there, even mm-hmm. if you hypothetically do add Gerald McCoy, whether it's defensive tackle or a defensive end. You still need to address that. You're still going to need a safety at some point. The need at wide receiver, I think, is the one that elevates a little more than maybe it did in the last couple months when we've been talking about it. And every time Jeff would bring up a wide receiver in the first round and we'd go, Let's go. No, we got to go, go defense now. We go, well, you know what? Let's go. Passing on Jerry Judy might be uh, kind of foolish if that's there for you. You know, things like that. So yeah. I know we'll talk wide receivers in the third segment, but I do think the way things have shaped out over the last couple days, if these signing or these agree- agreements there do you go. Agreements. come to light, Good yeah. word. <laughs> if they do come to light, then I do think the, the position that's kind of elevated itself and made itself more likely is wide receiver, but it's not a huge difference in what you needed, anyways. You're still going to need to add a cornerback. I actually I disagree. Uh oh. Can oh, we? Oh, go get wow. him, Dave. Go get him, Dave. I'm not doing this because oh. I went to Louisiana State University. You probably are. Oh. No, I'm not. But is it your son? Can we talk about Kayla Von Chason? We can. Ooh. Yeah, because the all right, we all four of us we're smart men. We can read writing on the wall. We've known Byron Jones was going to be gone yeah. for the majority of this draft process. It didn't stop me from being a really You're angry right. broadcaster I know. the day I know. he was gone. You're going to beat that drum, and you're entitled to do it. <laughs> That's totally fine. Point being is Byron Jones is likely out the door and has likely been out the door for a long time. Maybe you saw Robert Quinn coming. Maybe you weren't completely blindsided by it. But I thought there was at least a chance that they managed to bring him back. I thought there was. And so now right end looks real dicey. Mm-hmm. And I have the names pulled up right here. You know, the Cowboys aren't going to sign Jadavion Clowney. Let's let's be real. Uh, Everson Griffin's hanging out out there. And then it's like not a super inspiring list. And so all of a sudden... Edge rusher to me is. Oh, a, I know a guy who could play right defensive end. Oh, is he uh, technically employed by the Cowboys, but has a murky? Yeah, we're just really talking about a bunch of hypothetical stuff. All I'm saying is that you know, once upon a time, there were certain things that would get to where you couldn't play NFL football, and those certain things no longer stop you from playing NFL we're football. So if about, I were a guy, we're talking that about a not one allowed. Randy Gregory right now. Wow, I wasn't talking about anybody. I'm just saying if I oh, were you're hypothetically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, just put the name on. If it. I were a guy who currently was suspended, but the reason I'd been suspended many times is no longer a reason people get suspended. I'm saying I would probably file for reinstatement and expect to play football the next year, so maybe they have a right defensive end and they just need some depth. If Calevon Chason is there at 17, do you let your hope for Randy Gregory dissuade you from that pick? Uh, I'd pick the best player available. Who are the guys that you're... Ner- I'd take Jerry Judy over... Caleb on chase on. Who, who's a, who what if the, it was? I mean, let's get real hypothetical here and just say <laughs> it's like Chase on and C.J. Henderson. Like that, you know, Judy's mm. gone. Judy's. It's not a wide receiver. I can't imagine they're going to draft a receiver in the first round now that Amari Cooper is hypothetically under contract for five years. Well, Henderson versus Chase on is easy. You uh, trade down one spot nope. and you see who picks one of them and you, you don't, pick the other. No, you can't do that. And if that doesn't work, you trade down one more spot until somebody picks. Tell one Tell me of who them. you like more. Fifty percent of them are gone. I trust Henderson. Okay. Even more than Chase on Chase on six and a half sacks in his best college season ever. He's Chase on like I like the traits. Chase on is an upside. He's got a huge ascending process. Right. C.J. Henderson's got tape that says he could be a really, really, really good NFL corner, and and Chase on has glimpses where you're like, I think so. See, I think I I'm just all of. I mean, you don't want to panic pick. I get that, but. That could solve a lot of your problems with your pass rush. If you, I mean, if he even falls that far, which I don't think is going to happen. He's too athletic for a team to let him fall to 17. This, this is why they do exercises and they stack him up. Yeah. And well, I like to keep Kinlaw in the mix, but you know, we'll see what happens there, well, no matter if Gerald McCoy is here or not. Uh, but if I've got Henderson, Chase on, all three of those wide receivers, keep those guys in there, right? 
Ruggs, uh, Judy from Alabama, and also um, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. You're putting them on a board. Who do, how are you guys ranking those five guys? Uh, I only heard mm. C.D. Lamb at the end, so I'm sure he's at the, the top. Three the, the three okay. wide receivers, Chase on and, and uh, C.J. Henderson. If, uh, and Kinlaw. Kinlaw. So six guys. So Chase on would be last. Henderson would be second to last. And then your three receivers up at the top? Yeah, the three receivers would be at the and top. And then Lamb is the top of the Kinlaw, three. Would Kinlaw yeah. be ahead of the wide receivers? Kinlaw may be ahead of Ruggs, but not ahead of Judy or CD. Okay. I think I would take I, – I, I can't pass on CD Lamb if he's yeah. there. I can't do it. Uh, probably not Judy either, but I don't really believe – one of them might be there. I don't think both of them will be. I think one of the three will be there And then overall. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not – you don't I, think so? You're I'm not no, sold no. on that? I'm not drafting Ruggs at 17. No. I would draft Lamb or Judy at 17. And then probably... Cardinals might have helped you out there by getting DeAndre Hopkins. Absolutely. They might have just gone from receiver to offensive tackle. Offensive tackle, right. absolutely. No, for, and, and, and they need to go OT. Arizona meanwhile, does. which I was really excited. If you Another piece of the million things that have happened this week. The Colts <laughs> theoretically traded uh, for DeForest Buckner. And they gave number thirteen yeah. to San Francisco, who doesn't need a wide receiver. Well, but they well, do. They do need a defensive tackle, though. So that's yeah, a roadblock so for that Javon Kinlaw. Are we pretending the 49ers are stocked at receiver right now? Uh, well, they got to the Super Bowl and they had a guy named Debo Samuel that was one of their best pieces. There's, Daniel Sanders is a free agent. Yeah, they're that's receiver true. Court. Although it's Debo and hmm. what Dante Pettis, the, Marquise Goodwin, the 49ers go also they also have like no picks whatsoever. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make that pick. If they trade out of which yeah, is smart, same. absolutely, always trade down unless maybe you're going they, up for a quarterback. Maybe they trade back to seventeen because the Cowboys have their eye on on a Kinlaw, on oh, a Kinlaw, or a Chase on or whatever. Yeah, the Forty Nineers will get creative with pick thirteen and pick thirty-one that they have now, right? Yeah. So like, I bet they, I bet they get a target for Kyle Shanahan. I can't see them not adding a wide receiver at yeah. one of those picks. I just if they keep those picks. Af- I was going to say after those two picks, like I don't think they pick again until the fourth round. Yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked. I were, they're not making both of those picks. I just I have a hard time You really that. think they're going to make that trade though and they're going to get rid of uh, DeForest Buckner and go up to 13 and draft a guy that's a wide receiver in a wide receiver loaded class when you can get a game changer in the later rounds? I think uh, they're going they, up for somebody else. If they stick and pick, I don't think they're going up for anybody. Like I don't think you just that think that, that was a move. Yeah, I yeah, think that I think was they a still move. want to pay him. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think that was uh, you give him twenty million dollars and we'll take a first round pick and we'll and, take a pick and we'll figure yeah. it out and keep mm-hmm. the winning window open and not get yeah. you know you look at a team in their division like the Rams who have gone all in on just bringing guys in and paying them and they're sitting there panicking going is our window closing you know the 49ers are like let's keep this thing open yeah I, I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have a pretty good plan in San Francisco based so on their numbers last year their number two receiver right now would be Kendrick Bourne oof. So, yeah, I yeah, think they are going to get a receiver. They could maybe pick a receiver. Yeah. Now, kind of going off of what Dave just said, let's let's get nuts with this. We're talking about you, – you This made whole a, segment feels nuts that, anyway. It is. It's so. such it a is. hodgepodge. 49ers pick at 34, by the way, too. So 13, 31, and 34. And, and then, then not again, again until, until like the fifth. Before. Okay. No, they're balling. Yeah, they're in good shape. <laughs> so with that being said, if they wanted to pick up a couple picks – from, let's say, a team that is currently at 17 overall, like Dave said facetiously a little bit earlier. It was facetious, what, for the record. What player would have to fall to 11 or 12 in order to try and trade up and hope for that he falls to 13? Only two of them exist that okay. I would go up for. One is CeeDee Lamb. No. No? No, I'm not going up for a receiver. I can't trade okay. up for a receiver. No, I would only go up for Okuda. And I would go up for Isaiah Simmons. Would Find a way up? to get one of them to 13, and I'll go up. Would you go up for Derek Brown? My one and my three? Derek Brown, That's such hypothetically, a... Gerald McCoy and Demarcus Lawrence starts to feel pretty good. Yeah, but at the same and I don't mean to throw shade at Gerald McCoy, but I just think about, which are, pairing him with Demarcus Lawrence is one thing, but like, do defensive tackles affect the game enough to be worth that type of resource? Hmm. And, that, and I know this it's, team might be desperate for that because last year I feel like their defensive tackles didn't help their ends at all. But theoretically, and they didn't help their linebackers but at all. Theoretically, don't know for sure, but Gerald McCoy, who is a good, he's had five sacks for like seven straight years. He's a pretty good player. Could be in the fold to help you with that. I don't know if I'd go up for Derek Brown. I have no doubt I would go up. Because to me, Okuda and Simmons are top five players in the draft class. We're talking about going up to 13, right? Yes. 
if Derek Brown's at 13, you go get him. He's falling because of his test numbers? What's mm-hmm. the most? What no, else? no, 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 no. I don't think he's falling because of his test numbers because he posted a video of him running a three-cone at his training facility that was like seven and a half seconds instead of 8.2, which probably took him 50 times to run, and that's why he finally posted it instead of running at Pro Day. But whatever. Uh, You're so mean. What's he falling for then? Because I think people are wondering what's a nose tackle. What's a nose tackle worth? Even a, great, even a great one. When Snacks Harrison was highly paid, he was getting traded for fourth and fifth round picks, and he was well, the best nose well, tackle in the also, league. We've What's also, a nose tackle worth? We've talked about offensive tackles. I mean, there's going to be a couple of those that will go in the top ten. Maybe another team stretches and takes an offensive tackle there. Maybe three. So there's three going in the top ten. You talk about the quarterbacks. Offensive tackles are worth it. Quarterbacks what are team, worth it. What, is a nose tackle worth trading up for in the first round? What am I giving question. up to get there? First and a third. To go from 17 to 13? You're giving up the third? Probably your third round pick. At least. Yeah, if I mean it, it's all up to the team. Boy, that's tempting to get Derek Brown in there, though. I I don't agree with you at all. I mean, and I get it. It's frustrating. I don't think the Cowboys value nose tackle enough, or haven't in the past. They don't. But I still don't want to trade up for. I'm, I'm with Jeff. So let's get a, a lot of Antoine tackle. Woods out there again this year, guys. Mm. No offense, but Just like, sign a guy, sign snacks. Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, snacks I was, is literally yeah, available take, right now. I would love for that to happen, but yeah. what do we you fix know? this with money? The draft is about value. Free agency is about need. I like your two, and then and okay, again, this is not so much about my own evaluation, but it reminds me a lot of Demarcus Lawrence. Actually, if any team, let alone the Cowboys, is convinced that Caleb on Chason is the only other difference-making edge, that's the type of guy you trade up for. Because, I mean, you have Chase Young and then Chase on. And, like, aren't those the only guys with, like, twitchy pro upside? I mean, A.J. Epinesa and Yader Grossmatos. I like Grossmatos. Do you think, again, I know you don't love Chase on, but do you think his upside seems as high to you? No, not as a pure pass no. rusher. Right. No. And if you're convinced that Chase on is ascending, yeah. that is a guy that a team would absolutely trade up for if they were sold that he was that guy. I think there's going to be a guy that pops in this draft class as a pass rusher. It's just, can you guess which one it is? Like between. Uchi at Michigan and Oquara at Notre Dame, and just run down your list of Curtis Weaver. There's going to be a guy. Khalid that pops. Kareem. It's just a matter Dame. of which one, one of these is guys. Greener from Florida. I love him. Yeah, yeah. But, that's I, a, that's a second round pipe dream for me. Right. You know. So yeah, no, but like it's like who's going to be this year's Max Crosby or you know we do this every year. Daniel Hunter. <laughs> so that's why like Daniel Hunter, that frame is what puts you on to guys like. Uh, chase on. Yeah, Absolutely. Because you're like, hold on, the guys who are 6'5", 6'6", 250, the Randy Gregory build, sure. yeah. that plays. Mm-hmm. It, it, that plays. Which is why I could see, like, that's, I don't think he's an option at 17, realistically, but with Robert Quinn probably no longer in the building, it's something you got to look at, and I don't think you're replacing that in free agency with the guys that are available. It, we'll see what happens with Randy Gregory. That is worth pointing out, but... I can't count on it. I don't want to write the idea of Chase on at 17 off, only because the NFL surprises us sometimes. We all watched Cleland Farrell, the Clemson yeah, the top five, who mm-hmm. announced how you say his last name after he was drafted, after we called him Farrell for years. <laughs> uh, and when you watched him on tape, going into the year, people were talking about him as a top 10 pick. But when you watched him on tape, you were like, oh, that's a second-round guy. Solid. And the Raiders were like, oh, top five pick. Yeah. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Will somebody do that with will Epinesa? Sneak into the top fifteen because somebody is just like, yeah, that's our guy. Will like, there's going to be names in the first round that we go, ooh, wow, really? Yeah, where did that come from? That's going to happen. Now, okay, kind of with that being said, it seems like lost in the shuffle has been the safety position. We've talked about corner because Byron Jones left. We've talked about defensive tackle and that defensive end because there are, there's an obvious need there for the Cowboys. But safety's kind of gone to the wayside, even though Jeff Heath has reportedly agreed to a deal with the Las Vegas Raiders uh, over the past 24 hours. So now, where does that put safety on your board, 17 or later? Darian Thompson theoretically, supposedly, back with the Cowboys. So Maybe. Put that, put I, that in your I honestly pipe and think smoke they, it. I honestly think they would roll that out. Wow. Darian Thompson and Xavier Woods. And you go look at some of Darian Thompson's snap counts last year. I can't and say. And you go, man, when he was healthy, he played. He, I, I, I could see them not doing I'd, much. I can't say safety. I'd be surprised. Donovan Wilson had a great preseason. Where's sure he did. at? We making some progress? <laughs> you know, it's it's I mean, interesting, though. Like, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut well, you off. Well, I was just saying, these leopards don't really change their stripes too much. Well, or leopards spots. Spots. Yeah. Yeah. leopards are spots. Cheetahs. 
They, they have they spots, have spots too. too. They're different. They're what's the phrase? You can't tell the difference. These are different leopards, though. These aren't the same. Kind of. I mean, I know it's it's. Well, it's the same king leopard, but a lot of well, the it's princes, still in the cat family. Don't don't you? God, we are so <laughs> off the rails right now. <laughs> this is awesome. Don't you feel like? I mean, okay, again, nothing is finalized, but the fact that the Cowboys are even showing interest in Gerald McCoy to me signals that things are at least slightly different than they were. But they've liked three techniques over the years. It's the one technique yeah, and true. the safety position. Like, those are the things that you're having to pull them and go, please, yeah. please draft one of these. Yeah. Oh, maybe on day three we find a guy we like and we will. It's, so, like, it's very interesting. I, I, I just, when, when Darian Thompson, if that ends up, you know, happening, you know, as free agency begins in yeah. the next, uh, you know, few days, um, to me, I just immediately went, dude, he played a lot when Jeff Heath was banged no. up last year. They trusted him to play a lot. I, it was Darian Thompson and Xavier Woods back there a lot last I year. I completely agree with you that there's – I can't rule out the possibility that they roll that out. But safety to me is interesting because we so, – we, it's it, it's crazy. You know, we did the draft show last week. Yeah. And we kind of hypothesized like, man, maybe this COVID-19 thing is going to affect things like – Oops. We didn't even we didn't even come close to hitting on like how much was going to be affected, and that's in a week. In, in, in a it week, it could still change from here on out. That's and another thing. I specifically I think about Grant Delpit all the time because I said you know Grant Delpit didn't work out at the combine. He's kind of a forgotten man. He's going to go to LSU's pro day and light it up, and everybody's going to be talking about him as a top as a first round pick again. He's not going to have that chance anymore, nope. probably. And that's I've actually I've talked to people on the scouting side who were like. This is going to mess with stuff more than you can understand. Well, because, what about Tua? Yeah, I mean, yes. the, any number of prospects. Guys aren't coming into facilities. like So instead of spending like two days with a guy, getting to know his personality, letting him wow you in the meeting room and get on the whiteboard and all that good stuff, like you're going to have like a 20-minute Skype session with a guy. Yeah. And... If you don't have yeah. numbers to stand on by now, you're probably not going to get a chance to post new ones. Mm. And I think there's going to be more guesstimating going on with NFL scouting departments with this draft than since, like, the 80s, probably. Which could be make more, like Jeff was saying earlier, more, huh, picks? Absolutely. You know, yeah. Early in the draft. Also free agency, too. Like, uh, hypothetically, wouldn't you want to – let's see if we can get Jadavion Clowney in here. At least give him a physical, right? Sure. Like, yeah. you'd love to do that, hypothetically, but, it's like, yeah, not really able to do that right now. So it's, it's affecting all of it. Which I even, you know – not to get too deep in the weeds with coronavirus, but like, you know, NBA players continue to test positive for it. And, you know, knock on wood, I'm not trying to like speculate too much, but what if a guy who's about to sign a major contract has COVID-19? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's just wild I to think, think about. I think there's going to be a lot of people that have it and don't know they have it. Absolutely. Yep. And what does that do? I mean, man... <laughs> We could go real deep on that, so I'll refrain from anything. But I feel like this is going but, to last a little longer than we thought it was going to. Yeah, I, I it's not a indefinite thing that the draft even happens. Yeah. at the and, end of April, right and now the draft could be pushed back. It's the NFL's done a good job of keeping things on track and and being a really good distraction. Yeah, through all yeah. this, but like, but, I'm not I mean, convinced the draft even happens. There's not going to be the public aspect's not going to happen. We're not going to get to see Joe Burrow ride a boat across the Bellagio Fountain, which is really disappointing. Um, but yeah, I mean, is it going to be a conference call? Is it going to be a teleconference? Are they going to Skype well, the draft? Dude, Tom Brady's With that a being buck. said, nothing's going to surprise me anymore. <laughs> you you kind of threw out a couple ideas there. There's actually a Twitter on the twenty question oh, that has sweet. to do with that. So let's go ahead and right. go to our break. When we come back, we'll address that question. Look at some innovative ways on how we're going to hold this draft here in 2020, and some other questions from your Twitter questions when we return here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with 
with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... It's right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. This is the Cowboys.com Draft Show. Welcome back into the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, Jeff Capital, Kevin Turner, Dave Hellman, and myself, Kyle Yeomans. Let's go to some Twitter on the 20. Twitter, Twitter on the 20s. I like that. Shout out Ed Kale. Shout out Brian Broaddus. Absolutely. Always and forever. Now, thoughts and prayers. First question. Peace and blessings. JD on Twitter said, they say the draft is going to a non-public event. And they will think of an quote unquote innovative way to do it. If you were in control, guys, how would you make the event more enjoyable as a non public event? Do you want my real answer or my fun answer? Uh, That's a great Let's do yeah. both. Fun answer, Why my, not? I want your fun answer. My fun answer is live animals and a will, and you spin it, and that's what your team that's what player your team gets. That's Boom. That all right. Up first, the Cincinnati Bengals spin the wheel of all. So like, you're just going to completely change the complexion of the draft. It said more They enjoyable. get the Georgia okay. kicker. That's where the wheel landed. The first question, overall. All I can do is answer the question asked. And that's the question that, that was, was asked. That was a bad answer, me. KT. I thought there was going to be something really cool there. All what? right. I'll take the rest of the answer off. What if they did it like the voice and like all the teams sit in chairs and face away from the prospect? There's 32 chairs. Do we and, just read off his stat line? Yeah. He combine? walks out. Yeah. And the first Ow! person to hit the button. Oh. And like you think it's Joe Burrow, but you hit it and it's actually like Jacob Eason. You're like, ah! Everybody's just sitting there waiting to hear 16 and a half sacks. Bam! Yep. Chase Young's mine. Exactly. Now, I would like to see the, the front offices fight over the guy once they both press the button. Yes. And then they just fight back and forth. I think that would be interesting. Oh, yeah. Physically or? Mm, <laughs> it could. You're talking about spinning animals, so. <laughs> no, I mean, you could. Spin the players. The animals are just there. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting if they're not allowed to do it publicly with, you know, no more than like 20, 30 people in the room, but they still want to televise it. Mm-hmm. They're, not gonna have they like, they're not going to have 80, you know, 30 players sitting in a green room. No, I don't think this is hard, though, and I don't think it really affects it at all. People are going to watch. However many analysts are going to have on the TV, which you don't need the TV. All you need is to listen to us during the draft. But Big if facts. you have to watch on TV, it's a good point. They could have analysts that are in different locations put onto a screen, and then they could have the board behind them, and you could have another camera with whoever's announcing the picks. Like I don't, I don't think this is a big deal for the draft, other than but the preparation part of the draft. Agree. I mean, that's the big one is how it's going to affect how they prepare. But like, it's the NFL. They're going to try to find a way to make it over the top and entertaining. Like, they're not just going to let the teams sit in their war rooms and phone in their picks. Like, they need Like more the MLB a, draft? Yeah. yeah. Like from the, there's from the MLB gonna, Network studios? There's going to have to be a visual component to this yeah. to please the TV audience. Well, in kind of going back to even the way that they've done it in the past, how big of a role have the fans actually been in the draft process up until maybe the last five years? Because in the past, it was just in New York. It was in a theater. You had fans in a dark, lit room way back in the back. But then now that they've started moving the draft to these different cities, you have those fans start showing up, like in Nashville and Philadelphia and Dallas, of course, who hosted it back in 2018. There are these different aspects to having these fans in the building. But before that, it really wasn't – the fans weren't the – the main attraction. The picks are always going to be that main attraction. 
When you try to push the draft back a month just to try to see if things slow down? I think it's still keep it in Vegas or do the same thing that you're going to do, do in April thing. anyways. Well, it's I think roll teams the dice. will want you to push it back. I think the time is they're, they're going to reach a time when they realize, oh wow, we do want to see two a throw. Yeah. Oh, I do want to do my thirty visits. Oh, I do. Like, there's a lot of parts of this process that are getting skipped. Yeah, and I think teams will be asking the NFL, hey, if it looks like this is going to wind down at all, and we can find ways to get our visits in and get workouts in and get more medicals in, can we do that? It just feels like it might be too soon to say. I mean, think yeah. of how, yeah. I mean, a week ago... You could have told me restaurants were going to be closed. A bars. week ago, we were only just starting to grasp the severity of this, and yeah. I'm not a medical expert, but it doesn't sound like it's going to be done anytime soon. So, yeah. no. I don't know. Revisit that topic in a couple weeks. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm not 100% convinced that it'll happen on the regularly scheduled weekend. Okay, so our next question here on Twitter on the 20 actually comes from all the way out in California. Mike Crum asks, does McCoy signing with the Cowboys affect the comp picks next season? Can they target that, or wouldn't it likely affect those comp picks like Byron and Quinn? So that's a fun, it's a fun thing to keep in mind when you're watching what the Cowboys do is it doesn't affect – a the comp pick formula when a player has been released right but mccoy was on a one-year deal he's a regular old free agent so yes bottom line when they sign him or if they sign him you know we'll see what the money looks like we'll see the guarantees it will probably affect that formula but here's the good news i promise malik collins is going to get more than Gerald McCoy gets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at worst, you can wash out that comp pick. Yeah. And you're I, still looking at Byron Jones and Robert Quinn and Randall Cobb. I do Three not solid think, ones. I do. I don't know about Cobb because well, I mean, oh, we'll, Cobb will get you at least a no a fifth, fifth but, uh, like Beasley did last year. And Byron yeah. will get you a third, and Quinn will be a three or a four. And if they were to sign McCoy, we think that would probably be like so. That would probably take away like your fifth, probably. It would take away your Malik Collins one that we don't even have yeah. considered yet. Hmm. But. The size of the Byron and Quinn deals is, I mean, those, Gerald McCoy is not going to wash that out. And honestly, I saw what you said on Twitter yesterday, Jeff. I would be surprised if the Cowboys do a super sizable deal. One, because they don't do that anyway. But yeah. two, they don't want to mess with those picks. What about Jeff Heath as well? Are you going to get one for him? They're projecting currently on over the cap that both Witten and Heath will get you sixth round picks. Is that right? right? So apparently, four million dollar deals can get you a sixth I round pick. That's crazy. Up. Wait, but also, you got to keep an eye on those because the Cowboys have to bring players into right. their team for sure. They you can will, easily wash. Those they out. will probably wash those out just over the course of the next few weeks by just doing mm-hmm. routine business or go sign Desmond Trufant or something. And then yeah. you're like, well, Whoa. I would Trufant, try really hard if, if I'm the Cowboys. Be... I would try really hard to bring in guys that were released or yes. trade late round and picks. Trufant was released. Um, Snacks Harrison was Snacks released. Harrison was released. Linval Joseph was released. Leonard Floyd. The Bears Leonard did, Floyd was released. Who, who, Jerry on the record said that he liked him. Yep. back yes, in that Peter King article. From um, 2016. Um, I don't. I Brandon Carr. They just said that his option wasn't picked up, so I, I that counts yeah. as releasing him. So they'll fill it out. They always party a little bit late in free agency yeah. too. We've but seen that. I'm keeping my eyes on guys who re- were released from old contracts because that doesn't affect your comp yeah. formula. Okay. Our next question has to do with still free agency, but keeping it with the 2020 draft. And I like this guy's name, the Landalorian. He says, which non-Cowboys free agent signing will have the largest effect on the Cowboys' first-round pick, and which move will have the largest effect on the draft overall? Talking about free agency in general, and then also specifically what could affect the Cowboys. We talked about Buckner and the Colts a little bit earlier with the 49ers now picking at 13. I that think I, the Hopkins trade. That one might be the one for me. Hopkins trade is the big one because you're seeing a lot of, I mean, it's mock draft, so who knows, but you're seeing a ton of CD Lamb to Arizona talk, and now I think you're going to see nothing but Jedrick Wills, Tristan Wirfs, Mekhi Becton. I think you're just going to see left tackles going to Arizona. Mm-hmm. So I think DeAndre Hopkins is, that's that's number one, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think also, if, if, I mean, they're in front of the Cowboys. The Bucks pick at 14. Yeah. And if it does become official that they end up signing Tom Brady, that's another team that doesn't need a quarterback. So it could potentially be a situation where maybe one of those quarterbacks, Jordan Love most likely, mm-hmm. maybe doesn't get to 17. It's very possible. I, don't, I do think all four quarterbacks will probably go before 17, but it's possible. So also that in, can come into play. Indianapolis was a hot spot for a quarterback as well. Yep. 
in which they could still do that. Philip Rivers is only uh, supposedly yeah. signing to a one-year deal, but it seems a little less likely now. Not their first pick, first round pick is gone. Yeah. So. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Because they were at thirteen. Dave, that's they got gone. Rid of 13, How about this so. hat? You want for a little half baked idea, real quick? Oh gosh. Just, just real quick. Matt Stafford. KT. To the Patriots. The Lions draft two at three. Didn't we establish that okay. like trading? That's half baked, but I liked it. Didn't we establish? I'm pretty sure we established like trading Stafford would absolutely cripple their cap. Yeah, it costs most like likely. Or 30 it's million like a thirty million like dollar cap hit to not have him yeah. on the roster, and that would mm. ruin my Cam Newton to New England plan. Mm. Also, yeah, I'm it's trying not, to get Cam like to that. New England because it's not, what's happening is Bill hated Tom because Tom was an old man that couldn't move anymore, and he's like, "Man, the NFL, you got to be able to move." Lamar Jackson just killed us, so he's going to be like, "Oh wait, can I get Cam for like a fourth round pick, fifth round pick, sweep?" Actually, go. I'll do you one better. Which, so I love the idea, but it's not the Patriots. Yeah, we're having fun. It's not the Patriots' style to pay that price anyway. Oh, sure. God. What they're going to do is wait for the Panthers to cut Cam when nobody wants to trade a lot for an injured old quarterback and then sign him Ooh. to a very favorable deal because players want to play for Bill Belichick. Hmm. Or Jarrett Stidham is going to win the whole thing. Yeah, that's they they could up, go on a or they're going to flip Dude. a five for Josh Rosen. I, they be, could take the it dynasty. up. I kind of want to go back to, kind of just sticking with this question, but going back to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers talk, of course, with them being up in front of the Cowboys, they need offensive tackle help and corner help. So is there a chance that maybe some of those better offensive tackles go off the board early? You, we talked about a Becton, we talked about a Wirfs, and maybe an Andrew Thomas from Georgia. There's three guys that, maybe four guys, that go in the top dozen picks in terms of offensive tackles. Is it possible that C.J. Henderson doesn't even make it to 17 because the Buccaneers may pick him up there? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Atlanta, too. The minute C.J. Yeah. Henderson ran a 4-3-9, I started to think, uh-oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when a guy that size can run, like, and obviously the tape's more important, but when you show you have that straight line speed at the one position where straight line speed is very, very important, it makes mm-hmm. sense. I, it I makes a ton of sense. I wouldn't bank on him being there at all. The Bucks at 14 could use a cornerback. Yep. The Broncos at 15 could use a cornerback with Chris Harris not being there anymore. Ooh, that's a good point, too. Um, that's another free I mean, agent move that could affect how the Cowboys draft. All kind of, I mean, look, cornerback's a premium position. So, and that's why I think that's the Derek Brown sliding thing is becoming more of a no, realistic I, type of thing. I believe like that. We were talking about earlier, so... I believe he'll slide. I just don't know that I'm willing to give away a premium pick to go get him. I want a team to get drunk and go draft a running back in the top 16 picks. Oh, that's what I'm J. looking K. for. J.K. Dobbins. Ooh. That's what I'm looking for. DeAndre Swift. That would be malpractice. I mean, there's there's a guy in Houston named Man. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, great I mean, point, honestly. That happened it could happen. didn't it? Like, there's really good running backs in this draft, but nobody's even going to talk about him in the top half of the first round because the world learned that quickly. They're like, don't do that. Well, just not only – okay, to be fair, though, like, there's just there's not a running back deserving of that type of pick. Oh, they're all the same. That's that's not Saquon that's Barkley. Offensive, Saquon sir. Barkley is not that's, a much better football player than DeAndre Swift. Yeah, you're be I you're I think you're being disagree, you're exaggerating but... to fit your bit right now. That's I don't what do you're bits. Doing. Yes, you do. I don't do bits. Falcons okay. at sixteen just cut their running back. They now that did. tells you yeah. a. They needed to save some cap money, or B, maybe they don't value the running back as much, or C, hey, we're at 16, we can get the first running back in the draft, and we'll just pay him way less than we we're going to pay Devontae Freeman. Wouldn't that be just great? Just throwing out ideas to try Wouldn't to make things great? look a little better for Listen, the Cowboys at 17. I understand and agree with the philosophy that like running back is the most easily replaceable position in football, but... If there was a running back worth taking in the top 16 this year, we'd be talking about him. There just isn't one. There's just not one here. Like, Todd Gurley, when fully healthy, is worth where he was drafted. I want you to remember that three years from now, when it'll be one of these guys. I have no idea which one. It'll depend where they go and how much that team wants to run the ball. But one of these guys will be considered the best running back in football in three years. I feel like the one the one one of the guys picked this year will be considered the best running back in football in three years. The fact that you're not pointing out a specific guy, though, I think goes to the point of... That it doesn't matter. That it doesn't matter. I get that. Who's the best running back in football right now? Probably Barkley. Because common perception has been over over the past two or three years that it's been Zeke... It's been Barkley. It's now Henry. It was McCaffrey. It was Le'Veon Bell. It's tons of them. I mean, and Nick Chubb will be if they start winning games. Nick Chubb will get attention for being one of the best. Most of those guys were really highly drafted. 
Just saying. And they get the ball 300 times a year. So they end up with 1,300 it, yards, and we say they're awesome. Well, it's it's the second contract that spooks everybody. Right. Like, yeah. and, and that is a separate argument. Huge. Like, it's if a guy is special, he's worth drafting in the first round. It's the second contract that should scare you. Is he worth you. drafting the first round if he holds out after three years? Right, the point right. is there's not a consensus, number one, running no. back in this draft. There's not a consensus. That's the point of it. There's not a running back that anybody agrees is worth a first round. There pick. has been in the past. Yeah, well, Zeke, exactly. Gurley, uh, right. Barkley. It's not because the position doesn't fully matter. It's just that this is not the best crop of running yeah. backs. Let's go ahead and go back to defense, though, for Jeff's this next question. Over the table at me. <laughs> Two questions here from Seth Hall. What are some names of edge players that would be drafted for traits later in the draft? So potentially day three. We can maybe even bump that up to sure. day two if we want to. And do you see a double dip at cornerback where the Cowboys maybe try and address some of that secondary need with multiple picks here in 2020? Alex Highsmith. Of uh, Charlotte is a good edge player. I think you could say he may be a three-four type because he's got a little bit of a lean frame. You got something for those Conference USA defensive oh, yeah. players, right? We'll, we'll find those small school guys that go dominate. How about Ladarius Hamilton from Texas or North Texas for an edge guy? Uh, you Homer. know, <laughs> I, look as much as I support the Mean Green, and you know that I do. You do. Uh, Conference USA basketball champs, by the way. Oh, um, I don't know if Ladarius Hamilton, maybe, maybe seventh round. You yeah, know, it again, would have to be a late round or maybe even a signee guy. Yeah, and everything's traits there. Another name, I don't know. Like I think Daryl Taylor from Tennessee. I think he might slide into the third round just because there is going to be people grasping for pass rushers of some sort. Um, Jonathan Garvin's got a little upside, too, from Miami. I think Mm. he's a guy who's kind of interesting. But, man, I tell you, it does dry up very quickly at edge this year after the first two two days. So, I mean, look, there's always going to be sleepers that you kind of come across, but I haven't been wowed by a ton of guys on those. You know, day three guys, usually you find find guys at each position that you kind of make your guy. Man, at edge rusher, it hasn't been that way. I'm absolutely terrified of drafting edge rushers outside like the top 100 or so picks. To be honest with you, like yeah. there's always going to be there's going to be surprises. Like uh, you know, Max Crosby's a guy that we can talk about. That was a fourth round pick who looks really promising. But by and large, the guys who can bend and get to the corner at the NFL level. Like that is such a valuable trait that those guys go early, even right, if they're not polished. Here you go, guys. I just wanted to pull up my combine sheet and find the guys who run better than a seven-second three-cone that ran a good forty, and those are your sleepers. So Jason got? Strobridge, North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. I mean, that's not a sleeper to me. I Wait, mean, to no, me, no, that's no, a no, day two on. guy. I might have yeah, Strobridge wrong. I might have wrong. Nope, he was a seven-four-five. Nope, nope. Your sleeper is Derek <laughs> Tuska at North Dakota State. Ooh. We'll take it. Our guy went sub seven there in the three cone. And let me see if there's anyone else in this group. That's my only sleeper. Yeah, there's not. There's it's not. The only one. You know what? Uh, <laughs> Travis Gibson from uh, from Tulsa is a player that I think is kind of interesting. He had eight sacks last year. He's from Cedar Hill. Uh, he's a guy who you know you see a little bit of just speed. You know, that's what you're kind of looking for at some point. I mean, the runs the run stopping defensive ends aren't fun. No. You know, but they are. Needed in the league, and that's what you're going to kind of usually get on day three. But as far as a guy who could turn into a sad guy, Travis Gibson from Tulsa, who was a senior bowl guy, he's a guy who's a little interesting, probably around four, round five type of guy. I've got another senior bowl guy for you. How about DJ Wanham from South Carolina? I'm not yeah. nuts about Wanham on tape. In fact, I've got a grade on him. Let me see what my grade you're, is on him. But kind of while you're finding that, Curtis Weaver in a seven flat three cone. Yeah, Jeff, you might have to take like him it. seriously. Jeff, yeah, you do. Dang it. Was talking about this 40 yard dash. But again, dash. that's probably. I know. That's probably a third Second pick. round, maybe third. Yeah. You really, though? Uh, okay, but back to Wanham. Wanham has a 4740, and then also he had a 7.25 two cone. So mm-hmm. he's had good numbers, solid numbers for an edge guy. Vertical of 34.5 inches, broad jump of 123. He tested really well at the combine, looked pretty good at the senior bowl as well. As well. Maybe he. Inches his way up into the fourth well, round. My problem with him is just the getting blown off the ball when it if you're going to run mm-hmm. the ball right at him. Which, look, hey, we're talking about upside, you know, pass rush type guys. In fact, DJ Wanham, they played Alabama and he beat Jedrick Wills a couple times. I mean, like, he got around him. He didn't finish the job, but he got around Jedrick Wills, who may be the first offensive tackle taken in this draft. But mm. you don't see him finish very often. And you definitely don't see the play strength. You see the speed, you do not see the play strength, and that's that's kind of bothersome, you know. But 
what what are we talking about here? We're talking about round five, round yeah. six. The trades are there. DJ want them right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was the question. Actually. That's, that's the question was, was round was five or round seven. To. Absolutely. Exactly. So, uh, real quick, yes or no? Double dip at corner. I would love it. Uh, I mean, I beat his name into the ground. I'm a big fan of Dane Jackson. Mm. Pittsburgh looked great at the Senior Bowl. Um, sticky. I like his tenacity. I mean, he, I mean, he's a day three cornerback. So I keep taking him in the mocks. You have a good senior bowl, I pick you in the fifth round. Absolutely. Well, because it's the one – I mean, obviously, you, <laughs> that goes. you can watch all the tape you want. Look but at him cover. When you get to go to Mobile and go against some of the best players – and, yeah, I mean, the receivers in Mobile were fantastic. So were great. for him to play as well as he did against some of those guys was really impressive to me. It's hard, it's hard to say, but, yeah, I mean, I could absolutely see a first and fifth, second and fourth type of deal. It depends on what they do in free agency, but you got to yeah. fix the secondary somehow. It'd be a broken record, but two of my pet cat meow meow pet Cat meow meows. Yeah. Louisiana Tech guy. Louisiana Tech and Meek Robertson. We're gonna find out. Five four. Well, maybe, maybe teams maybe. aren't. Maybe teams yeah. aren't gonna find out how healthy he is. That's a fascinating. He's not point. five four. He's Jeff, he's five he? nine. Oh, sorry. But if, hey, if that's not for your taste, could I interest you in Reggie Robinson of Tulsa? I like these Tulsa guys a little bit. Reggie Robinson, I've got a third round grade on. I keep to me, he's a top one hundred player. Now you are kind of starting to see draft Twitter kind of. Yeah. Oh, well, Reggie, watch the Reggie Robinson tape. Woo-hoo-hoo! Oh, no, the Reggie Robinson tape's been good all along. <laughs> it's been He's there. exciting, and he's really good. Um, I know he got hurt and is not declaring Tylen Wallace, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State. He shut him down. Yeah. And that was very excellent. And Tylen Wallace would have been one of those guys, if he came out, that was in the mix, top 10, top 12 wide receiver in the draft. Reggie Robinson is a name not to sleep on. I would draft him as high as pick 81. Mm. 82, 82, right? Yeah, third-round pick, whatever yeah. it is. I would draft him that high, but I'd do think because of the small school thing, because he's a little lanky, because he doesn't like to play the run too much, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see him fold to day three, and I would love him at fourth-round value. Reggie Robinson and Amik Robertson from Louisiana Tech. Those are some good cornerbacks on day three to keep your keep your eye on. I like it. Jeff, yes or no? Double dip a corner. Yes, double yes. dip a corner. There we go. Okay, so that'll do it for Twitter on the 20. When we come back, I've got five potential draftees that will replace Randall Cobb. We'll see who likes which pick and where in the NFL draft when we return here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping. And that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Final final segment here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios, the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite. Wide receiver has been a topic of conversation for quite some time, really the entirety of the draft show this season because of this class and how deep it is. And now we've got a little bit of a spot to fill. I remember the first show of this season, 
Jeff Cavanaugh said, oh, I'm convinced Randall Cobb's coming back because of Mike McCarthy's press conference. I and- didn't know about Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't as informed as I needed to be about Bill O'Brien. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't Bill have O'Brien that rich thrown into does it yet. what Bill O'Brien wants. It is absolutely not our fault. I mean, I think the world of Randall Cobb as a guy, and yeah. he's a great player. Randall Cobb himself, I think, probably did a double take when he saw the offer. That he was he, like, "Oh, huh? he's like, I just had a one year, five what? million dollar deal, like, and now I'm a year older, and I'm getting double that for three. Okay, double, triple." Well, nine million a year. Well, yeah, but he's getting eighteen guaranteed. Okay, yeah. Ooh. He's getting eighteen million guaranteed, twenty-seven million. I mean, it sounds mean to say like get your money, Randall, but like that's stunning yeah. to me. Bill's incompetent. I mean, I would have now never... they're leaking like what DeAndre Hopkins wanted in a contract to try to be like that's why we traded him. It's not because I'm really mean to him and made Aaron Hernandez comments. It's because yeah. he wanted eighteen to twenty million. DeAndre Hopkins. The whole Hopkins, world's like, wait, that's what he's worth. Yeah. Like that's that's what receivers. He's the get. best receiver in the league right now, potentially. It's, now, so sorry. I sidebar in no, a no, world in a world where Bill O'Brien Bill. is not running a football team, I think Randall, Randall Cobb's back would be back. Yeah. Probably that's a very good point. But we have to replace him nonetheless because he is not going to be wearing a star on the side of the helmet. I've got five guys in this draft, all from different parts of the draft, that could be replacements. All right. Now, up in the first round, I have Jalen Rager of TCU, and the reason why I put him there. It's because I didn't want to be a coward and say either one of the three guys that could be there, Henry Ruggs from Alabama, Jerry Judy from Alabama, and C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. I don't want to bank on the fact that one of those three guys is going to be there, so I put Jalen Rager because you're not going to get Rager at 51. I really don't think so. Do you think he's worth 17? Potentially, yes. Okay. I think he's that good. And I don't know, maybe we've had this conversation, I think this debate prior, but I think he could be good enough to be up at 17 if that's where you're willing to take a guy. I've got K.J. Hamler from Penn State in the second round. Lynn Bowden Jr. out of Kentucky. Guy who really reminds me of Randall Cobb when you watch his tape. Randall Cobb told me himself in November, uh, he was like, he's the best Kentucky football player ever. Wow. And I was like, that's uh, that's high praise coming from, from one of the best Kentucky football players ever. If he was not like, the best. Yeah. Because of the situation? It just in general. I mean, because he moved to quarterback? And he moved to quarterback and like didn't miss a beat. Just, a, like The offense was insane. It Nobody just looks weird when them. he throws it. A little well, bit. Yeah, because he's not a quarterback. <laughs> he's a receiver. He's a high school quarterback. But at the same time, Lynn Bowden Jr. also just kind of a Swiss Army knife. He's he's very reliable, much like Randall Cobb. Then I have Devin Duvernay as an early day three guy. That's a little bit of a stretch for me to say he's early day three. I think he could go as high as the third round. But he could fall to the fourth, and if he's there, then I'll say that maybe he was the guy that was left off of this long list of wide receivers. And then late day three, I have James Prochet out of SMU. Which guy out of these five... Do you guys like the most in terms of the Cowboys replacing Randall Cobb? Uh, I like the best player the most. Jalen Rager. So I'll take Rager. Uh, but we're combining at the 17? player at the position, right? Yeah. Because I think this is obviously an uh, awesome segment idea. Yeah. The exact same thing. Did you? On my YouTube. Oh, uh, did you really? So everybody check that out. Oops. Uh, no, no, no. Because my I bad. think that's, no, it's the <laughs> thing that makes the most sense right now. Is it does. Where in the draft and which name do you like? And amongst those ones, I would probably say. Hamler in the second? Yeah. Or I would have guessed you'd be out on Hamler. I like Hamler. I just I have other names I want to throw in there. KJ Hill at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, Didn't have a good combine, but he's still no, up there. He had a bad combine, and I would still take him in the third, and I'd love him in the fourth. That's mm. I I was gonna throw out Hill for the same reason as if you can get him at one twenty three. I I mean I think you could plug and play KJ yeah. Hill honestly. The reason I like Hamler is just because. He's the only one of that group, maybe Duvernay to some extent, where you can say, okay, Amari Cooper's a bigger threat and Michael Gallup's a bigger threat, but you still have to know where is K.J. Hamler. Because of because his speed and Because if you don't respect agility. the fact that he can run by you at any moment, then your defense is in trouble. And I think adding that element is fun. It's like, it's like what Will Fuller does for Houston. Yeah. The splits for Deshaun Watson when Will Fuller's on or off the field, mm-hmm. the splits are much bigger. Than when DeAndre Hopkins was on or off the field, because teams have to respect that speed. You've got to. You have to be afraid of it. Um, and so Hamler, I'm interested in a lot. 
maybe at 51. How good of a route runner is Hamler compared to Devin Duvernay? Because Duvernay is not your typical I don't think Devin, route runner. I don't think Duvernay is a good route runner. I don't think so either. I think With he rounds it up a little bit, and I think he's a straight line guy. Yeah. and Is Hamler and a better works. route runner, though? Yeah. Hamler is one of those guys that when you watch him on tape, if, if it's one guy trying to stay in front of him, you can't. The acceleration, the speed, just the physical tools, they're different. Duvernay's fast, too, but he's going to run you over. He's not going to be able to really route you up. He gets to at Texas because you get so many free releases where he can kind of stem a guy and then break, and he can do that. Mm-hmm. But in terms of lateral agility as a route runner, Hamler's got it, and I don't think Duvernay does. My big difference in those two guys to me, aside from the route running that you're talking about, is that Duvernay catches everything that's thrown at him, yeah. and Hamler does not. Right. Hamler's and a little bit of a body catcher, isn't he? A little bit of a body Hamler's catcher. Hamler's a small hands. guy. And, and yeah, and there's a little bit of Hamler that makes you go. Y'all are killing me because this is why I didn't think you were going to talk like Hamler. Sorry, finish your well, finish your thought. Well, the, Duvernay brings a little more in terms of toughness, catching everything. Some of those things, you know, the thing is kind of a mixture. Both of these guys, kind of a mi- mixture of what Randall Cobb brought. Because Randall Cobb had some drops, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the the toughness and the attitude that you want and all that stuff. Like Duvernay's got that, so I just don't want to. I'll take the guy later in the I draft. I don't want to draft a really unpolished fast guy. That's all. That's all. That's fair. I uh, just don't want in the to. second round. Yeah, you okay, would do I that mean, in the fourth round, sure. Because can I dangle John Hightower yeah. from Boise no. State? Up? Day, day three is when traits take over. But like with a top 100 pick, I want a more polished product. That's why I like KJ Hill. I think he's the best slot route runner in the class. I agree. He's not a good athlete. He's not big. He's not super fast. He I just say, runs great routes and gets open from the slot and catches and catches I everything. Think, I think Lynn Bowden Jr. is fascinating, and I think. He's under the radar in this very crowded class for a couple of reasons. One, he's been dealing with an injury that's kept him from working out. And that, I mean, obviously now with all the quarantine, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. On top of that, there's not a lot of tape of him playing wide receiver in 2019. So it's a problem. It's a problem, but like I'm I'm just willing to take a chance on his and just usefulness. Like like Kyle called him a Swiss Army knife. He played quarterback at Kentucky. Did not stop their offense from being extremely effective. He was unbelievably reliable for the Wildcats. He's, he really was. He's got speed. He can carry the ball. He runs like a running back. He's got good vision. I'll uh, whatever. And he's the guy that's just better at sports than all of us. Yes. And yeah. Mike McCarthy talked about <laughs> play whatever. One sure. Of, exactly. What Randall Cobb was, cover somebody. So. Okay. One of the nineteen things. One of the nineteen clues we got that made us think Randall Cobb might be coming back was Mike McCarthy going on and on about how he liked to use Randall in the backfield and mm-hmm. his quarterback experience made him useful for this and that and the other. It's a, it's maybe it's a lazy comparison because they both went to Kentucky, but I don't think so. Like I think they're very similar players. You know, and the thing is, is I put him on this list, and I completely it escaped my mind whenever I was making it that also Randall Cobb went to Kentucky because I was just looking for a guy to replace Randall Cobb. Yeah. So as much as you could really say it's a lazy comparison, just because it's of the really uniforms not, they wore, there's very similar Former players. quarterbacks can play in the slot, very athletic. Good, reliable. Move out of the backfield. Move all over the formation. I'd be ecstatic to draft that guy. Third I, round. I, I I don't have a good grasp on his range. Again, See, and I'm thinking third either. through fifth, and I I'm I don't thinking, know. I don't think he goes in the top two rounds for sure. No, I've I've had a scout tell me that he could be a second round pick. Gosh, that's I mean with this many receivers, awesome. though, just, it's no, hard to trust. trust. I know. I would. I think if he's there in the third round, I'd be thrilled. But I, yeah, I don't have a good grasp on it. But I think he's a great player. So, man, who did you, wait? KT, did you actually give a player? Did you say I dangled out there John Hightower, Hightower? Of, but of Boise State, someone who was not on your list. Okay, uh, just because they had the Boise State background, but he is a matchup guy. He's a mismatch guy. He's a speed guy. He's a guy who's got to win early in the route because he's not very strong when he's going up in you know press coverage and things like that. But the jet sweep elements and things like that that McCarthy does like to use in his offense, mm-hmm. and Kellen does yeah. like to use in his offense. He's very good at that. He's a guy you can hand the ball to and things like that. So also return value. So Hightower is an interesting player, but again, I know I chose a guy who's not on your list right there. Duvernay to me, right there. I love KJ Hill, but Duvernay fourth round Duvernay. <sighs> Dude, isn't his range like? Doesn't it feel like his range is like right in between where the Cowboys will be picking in the third yes. and the fourth? Yeah, I think third or fourth. Can you right? say that? I mean, it breaks my heart that we can't really talk about Justin Jefferson, but I, I don't think that's uh, yeah, between seventeen. Not super realistic at nah. seventeen, but definitely won't be there at fifty-one. I'd love him at fifty-one. I don't want him at seventeen. Exactly. So, all right. Um, 
I, I, I guess you can't rule out the possibility that they address this in free agency. I mm-hmm. think our friend Jane Slater linking Emmanuel Sanders to the Cowboys this morning. We'll see, but so much sense. He's got, you know, bad knee, but if you could get him on the Randall Cobb deal, one million uh, one year eight million. Depending on the size know? of the deal, but man, there's just so many good receivers to be had in this draft. But I mean Would signing you a free rather agent sign Emmanuel Sanders or draft a free agent. Or I, draft a, excuse I would me, a wide draft, receiver. I'd rather draft a guy. Although if you could sign a a veteran to a very friendly deal like they did with Randall Cobb mm-hmm. Wouldn't necessarily stop you from drafting somebody either. Hmm. Do both. Yeah, I'm fine. I do want them to fill the need before the draft. I don't want you to go into a draft and say I needing to to find a slot receiver. I have to get a slot receiver. I think that would be a little bit silly. But that doesn't mean you have to go Emmanuel Sanders. There could be a lower level to it. If there's a position where you could plug and play, it's probably this. And I mean, that's tricky because receivers so hard to adjust to. They've used a lot of late round picks and receivers and haven't. Haven't had they any. Also have Noah Brown ain't doing a whole lot. Cedric Wilson. Mm, yeah. No, you're not wrong. Tavon, too, could be Danny back. Danny Cole. This wow. is a little bit of a okay. callback. Wow. Wow. I'm going to go back some years. Matt Johnson at safety. Remember that? <laughs> Matt wow. Johnson, I remember, got a pick in practice and then limped to the trainer. It's going <laughs> to say. The same play. I was I like, that is the most Matt Johnson practicing. thing of all time. Oh, Pouring man. out for Matt. Mm-hmm. Well, that is going to do it here for the DallasCowboys.com <laughs> draft show presented by Miller Lite. Did, did you think that that name was going to be the last one you. we threw hey, out? Hey, Matt Johnson and Danny Cole, wherever you guys are, keep it real. Respect. Keeping it real. From Jeff Cavanaugh for Kevin Turner, for Dave Hellman, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios in Frisco. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,